What is up, everybody, and welcome to Mysteries with Mommies. I am your host, Angie Thompson, and with me is the wonderful Kristen Bakke. How are you doing today, Kristen? I'm doing amazing. So glad to be here again. All right, so just to let our listeners know, we are a little behind on our recordings. Last week, we tried to record our episode three times. The universe was not having it, so we had to switch cases and start on over with that. That's why we are about a week late on this new recording. Yes, because when it doesn't record three times, we take that as a sign to leave it alone. We we are not pushing New York State last week. We are not dumb people. Nope, nope. Something in the universe did not want us to do that one. So we, we said, yes, sir. And we are moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So uh, how was your week? It's been exhausting, as I'm sure everyone in education's week is. Very thankful for this three-day weekend that we're on to try to catch up on sleep and try to just recoup family time that gets lost during the week. How about you? Uh, about the same. I bought a new car, so that's what? exciting. What kind of car did, did you get? I, I got a, well, I went from one mom car to another. So that's don't okay. get too excited. I went from a, a minivan to, they call it a crossover. It is, <laughs> it's a station wagon. Are those coming back? I think they are. Um, what? That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. The children are excited for a new car. Um, well, congratulations. I'm a well, thank you. I'm a little nervous. You know, I got the minivan for that third row so I could separate them. And this one does not have a third row. So, hey, hopefully. they got to learn to get along at some point, right? Well, hopefully not too much blood on the new seats, but it is a dark <laughs> fabric. It's a dark fabric. So, or fighting while you're driving. That would be the worst, too. Uh, you know, I'm used to it. <laughs> doesn't even bother me <laughs> anymore so love it so yeah that's about it it gets delivered tomorrow which is what i love now the days remember we used to have to go and haggle with the use the uh, car sales people and uh so what order. platform did you use to order it oh i i tried out this carvana thing really i have yeah. not seen anyone that's done that that's really cool yeah, I've known a few people, and they seem to have worked out, so they are dropping the car off tomorrow at my house, taking the old one, and I didn't have to haggle with anybody. I did it all online, and I get a week to try it out, so hopefully, oh, wow. it'll, all, yeah, hopefully it'll all work out, because, you know, I don't like talking to people, so that's like I my worst either. nightmare. Yeah, trying to yeah. buy a car is my worst nightmare, so hopefully it'll work out. And, uh, and I'll have a nice car. Well, I'm excited. Uh, do you hear the dogs going crazy in the background? I do. It sounds like they're eating each other. Well, something, I think someone had the nerve to, oops, now my mic fell down. Someone had the nerve to walk by the house. <laughs> so, and, you know, we're not quite professional here, so we're not going to record. We're not going to re-record. I I'll love try. that your dog <laughs> no one can be around your house. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows who's going to uh, come after us with this podcast thing. So just, <laughs> they're just being protective. That's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'll try to edit out the background noise later. But again, we're not that professional. So real life. We're real life people real life this is what happens so uh, let's uh let's go ahead and get into this case this is a this is a new one for us this has to do with um the mob it gets into a little bit of the mob so i'm kind of excited i've always had a fascination with the mob um i think I secretly be in the mob i've always wanted to be a mob boss i don't <laughs> want to get my I don't want to get my hands dirty. 
<laughs> right. But those are the ones that get taken out. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, see, that's the thing is you have to do it right. You don't want to piss anyone off. Okay, okay. Yeah, you don't want anyone coming after you. Uh, a mob boss who treats people kindly. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, you got to be respectful of the territory of the other mob bosses. Can't get too greedy. Oh, that's funny. You know, and I wouldn't kill anybody. Maybe send send some of my people to rough someone up. <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know, putting any cement shoes on anybody. Nope. Swimming with no. the fishes? Yeah, no, I don't I don't think I would go that far. Uh, <laughs> so unlike unlike the person that we will be talking about today. Mm. Yeah. So uh this one actually takes place out in Hawaii in Honolulu. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so shout out to our friend Matt, who used to live in Hawaii. Uh, he's supposed to listen to this. I don't think he has yet. <laughs> he keeps telling me he will, but I don't think he has. So, Matt, if you've actually listened to this, yeah, let me know if you've actually listened to this, Matt. Shout out for your three or four years in Hawaii. So this case is about Jonathan Frazier, who disappeared on July 30th, 2016. He was born May 11th, 1995. So he was just 21 years old when he went missing. And he was last seen at Hawaii Kai apartment buildings. He um, was last seen by his girlfriend, Ashley Wong. She, I guess she left the house around 9.30 a.m. that morning. He was still asleep. And she left. Uh, he was not there when she got home. Never came home. So she reported him missing the next day on July 31st. So he had been a missing person since that day. On August 8th, his car was found near the intersection of Summer Street and Julio, Lu, Lu, I don't know, I'm sorry about these Hawaiian names, uh, <laughs> road, which is actually less than a mile um, from his apartment. Uh, one of the sad things is, was uh, Ashley was four months pregnant when he went missing. Oh. So, yeah, so it's very unlikely that he just took off. You know, in our other cases, that's usually the thing that police say the most is that, you know, oh, well, they're adults. They probably just took off. Um, his family and Ashley both say, given, you know, that she was four months pregnant, he very, very unlikely. Um, he was on his own. Just took off. Yeah. So, um, going back a year earlier on November 15th, 2015, Jonathan and one of his very good friends, Caleb Misk, get into a car accident with a pickup. The police said that speed was involved. Uh, apparently, they were going uh, about 90 miles an hour. The pickup truck was making a left-hand turn. And Jonathan and Caleb were going about 90 down the road and hit the pickup. Ooh. At first, it was thought that Jonathan was driving. But then later, when the police reports came out and the autopsy um, came out on Caleb, it was stated that Caleb was pinned in the driver's seat with the seatbelt still on. So it was very obvious that Caleb was the driver. Okay. So Caleb passed away and Jonathan did not from the car accident. Correct. Caleb what was what? What about the driver of the truck that they hit? He was fine. Okay. Fortunately, yeah. And I will my mic just fell down. Uh, I will post pictures of the car. Their car was I mean just total. You can't even recognize it as a car. Mm. But Caleb was in critical condition for several months and he died on March 12th when his daughter was three months old so when the accident happened yeah his 
the accident happened, his girlfriend was pregnant. She gave birth to their daughter and then died when her daughter was three months old. This is extremely depressing. I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so that, uh, that accident happened in 2015. And Caleb's father, Mike, always blamed Jonathan for the accident. He was insistent that Jonathan was driving the car, despite all of the reports and evidence that said Caleb was driving. He was insistent that Jonathan was driving. Does he have any reasons as to why he feels, despite the report saying that it wasn't Jonathan? Or is it just a case of, like, denial that his son was speeding? Well, actually, that's a great question because... Jonathan and Mike had kind of a uh, tumultuous history. Uh, Like I said, Caleb and Jonathan were very good friends. They actually lived together with their girlfriends in an apartment at one point. So the four of them were living together. And in 2014, so a year before the accident, Mike accused Jonathan of stealing his gold Rolex. What? Wait, how did... Okay, so how did Jonathan get access to his gold Rolex? Like, he came over to visit, or, like, he went to his house, and he thinks he took it from his house? Well, uh, he Jonathan was with Caleb, and they actually both stole the Rolex. Um, they were coming into money problems and were about to be evicted from their apartment. So, so he did when, steal it. He did steal it, yes. Okay, so he did steal it, but along with his own son. Correct. Okay, okay. But when, and I guess it was from Mike's desk. So therefore and, he feels that Jonathan is a bad influence on his son and probably, correct. yeah, influenced his son to go fast or speed or whatever and causing the, the wreck. Correct. Okay. Um, and so they actually get caught trying to steal this watch and, um, the plan was that they were going to pawn it to get the money to pay for their rent. Jonathan took the blame for stealing it and Mike ordered, um, his people, which I'll get into that later, to, uh, beat Jonathan that so basically beat him up Jonathan this is coming from Jonathan that he told his family but basically um, he was mobbed and beaten while Mike was watching in the car oh yeah it was um, so bad he ended up losing his uh, front ended up losing his front teeth a front tooth maybe it's just one Damn. Okay, that's a that is a beating. Uh, yeah, and then Mike uh, sent his younger brother John to get the watch. Luckily, Jonathan was able to escape, go to the police, but no one's really sure what happened to that particular police report. Mm-hmm. But at that time, the FBI was already looking at Mike for some other charges. So it may have gone into that larger report. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to Mike for a minute. We'll come back to Jonathan's disappearance, but we're going to move on on to Mike for a minute. Um, So Mike had always been one who was who had trouble with the law and he had a history from the time when he was 19 of getting in trouble um he is well he's the owner of a termite and pest control company and he was part owner of a nightclub but that closed in 2016, after a series of assaults that occurred there. 
from um, Jake or just from assaults in general? Oh, no. No, no. Okay. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly uh-huh. is a very good this is, word. This is all alleged. Everything is speculation. Uh-huh. So, allegedly, the termite and pest control company is a cover for his illegal activities. He's been known as a mob boss, for lack of better words, by running a crime gang since the late 90s. So it all started, his dad died when he was six, mom eventually got remarried, he didn't get along with stepdad. Mm. So so he started hanging out at home less, and eventually his life of crime began in 1993 when he was 19. He was first arrested for misdemeanor assault and criminal property damage. The charges were dropped because the witness did not show up. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure we, we will know. See, we will see it. That is a common theme. Uh, the car in that charge was seized in connection with a burglar, burglary and theft. And then later on, he was arrested for theft in the second degree. Charges also dropped in that. Hmm. In 1995, um, he was charged again with kidnapping and assault and then with terroristic threats. Both cases, the complaining witness did not show up again. Kidnapping? That's pretty... Okay, so my thoughts so far is if Caleb knows that his dad obviously has some like illegal activities and having a gold Rolex, I would assume that means that his dad also has some money. Why wouldn't he just talk with his dad or try to get money from his dad instead of stealing from him, knowing like the, I guess like the ripple effect of consequences that would come from doing that. I feel almost like Jonathan, you know, got set up to take the fall and to get the the crap beat out of him. And I feel like Caleb should have known that was going to happen. Um, yeah, I never found an answer for that. Oh, my thought is being young and stupid. Yeah. And just assuming that you're not going to get caught. Yeah. And you know? yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if my dad was a mob boss, I might be hesitant asking him for money, too. Well, I'd be really hesitant stealing from him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, I mean. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what people are. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, uh, so Mike on his charges, uh, so far he's been very lucky on some of his charges. He got probation. His, some of his associates got jail time and one disappeared. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's like, yeah, take, take what you will. Yeah. Sleeping with the fishes. Got it. Yep. Yep. By the age of 25, he actually owned two businesses. And like I said before, uh, the government, I put on my notes the feds because I feel like I'm qualified enough to use police language. The feds. <laughs> the feds. The feds. <laughs> believe that the pest business is a cover for mob activities. Um, so they had been on him for quite a while well but we should also give out some props to mike who had owned two businesses at the age of 25 (laughs) you know i mean he worked hard for his money i mean he did something right he he did something right i'm pretty sure at age 25 i was still trying to figure out what i wanted to be in life so um i was teaching and had not realized the error of my ways because had I gone the mob route, I would be a lot more rich. 
<laughs> yeah. But you also might not be here with us. I don't know. No, I would. I mean, probably not right here. I would probably be on my own <laughs> private island somewhere, having retired and sold my territory to some other mob boss living under a different name. Sold my territory. <laughs> your your corner of the street. <laughs> yeah, I, whatever, you know, my territory. And uh, living on an island somewhere under a different name. Ooh, it's funny. So, um, so the the feds are already starting a file on Mike because you know of all this the sketchy activity. He actually, um, no, I'll get to that later. I'm gonna put a pin in that. Um, so the accident, we're going to skip back to the accident. The accident happens. Caleb passes away. And Mike tries to sue Jonathan on behalf of Caleb's estate. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also at the time, Jonathan and his girlfriend and Caleb's, um, I'm not sure if they were married or not, but the mother of his his little baby, all three of them were still living in the apartment, that same apartment. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan told his family that Mike was actually paying for that. Wait. Mike is paying for the apartment that they're all sharing together. But they stole from him to pay rent? I think that was before. Because that was, I think maybe after that incident. Then he started paying for it? Yeah. Okay. Um, So the four of them were there. He was still paying for it. It wasn't supposed to be known. I guess Jonathan just told, like, his uncle or cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mike was paying for that. So they were still living with um, Caleb's uh, ex or widow or, you know, I'm not sure what we should okay. call her. Okay. Um, His baby mama for sure. Yes. Yes. I, 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 they might have at least been engaged, if not married. Um, I know she was more than just the girlfriend. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, another interesting turn of events. In November of 2016, Mike was in a car accident with a police officer, Sergeant Albert Lee. And Sergeant Lee had been about to testify against or about corruption in his department. And that was against a corrupt prosecutor, Catherine Kialoa, and that prosecutor was trying to protect Mike from being charged for fleeing that scene. From fleeing the scene of where of he... the accident. Of the accident. So it's kind of like, like, to me it sounded like Mike was in cahoots with this prosecutor, hit the cop, fled the scene, the cop, nothing, I'm assuming they were trying to kill the cop. Yeah. Or injure him enough to not be able to testify. And then the prosecutor was trying to protect him from being prosecuted for that accident. Okay. So... Now we're getting the government involved. Yeah. Um, I think this is like an episode, not an episode, like Batman movie. Like we're slowly, slowly (laughs) more like government officials get entered into the scene. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, corrupt everybody. Yeah. Okay. So back to... Jonathan. So he disappears. His truck is found. 
um, eight days later. And it's pretty much comes back to Mike pretty quickly because it wasn't unknown that he blamed Jonathan for the accident. And as the, so pretty quickly the FBI gets involved because they're already trying to build a case against Mike for all of his racketeering and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, even Jonathan's parents thought it was Mike, like that was their first guess was that it was probably Mike. So that would would mean he waited an entire year to get his revenge. Well, Caleb died in March of 2016. And so he died in, or he disappeared in July of 2016. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. So a few months. Yeah. The accident. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So the FBI, as they're building their case against Mike, they officially get involved in Jonathan's case in 2018. And during this time, they're building this case and Mike's people start talking. Because they're starting to be charged with all sorts of things. So to save themselves, they start making deals with the prosecution and the FBI. So allegedly, Mike offered $50,000 to a guy named Norman Aku um, to kidnap and murder Jonathan. Whoa. Yeah. So he was asked, according to Norman, he was asked to pick up Jonathan from um, Mike's cousin, drive him to another associate, and then that associate would do something else. Uh, And he said no, because um, he said no, because he was just a kid. So well, he had some standards. He had some, decent, <laughs> yeah, he had some yes. boundaries. Okay. Um, but also that year, and I think this is how they kind of got Norman to talk about Jonathan. Earlier that year, Mike had supposedly offered $50,000 to have a union official killed in a dispute over job access on the waterfront. So I guess that was the big thing, was getting jobs on the waterfront. Um, That's where Caleb worked. Um, So Mike wanted to have control over who would get jobs and how people, I don't know, something with the union jobs. Yeah. So him, so Mike and nine others are indicted on 22 charges. And that included conspiracy to violate racketeering laws, murder, murder for hire, drug trafficking, and fraud. Wow. So, and charges. Those, they are. And so Norman was a part of this. So again, that's when he starts talking. He starts making these deals. And it comes out that on August 10th, or no, wait, sorry, earlier, um, in 2016, Mike bought a boat supposedly used to, like, he bought it for the purpose to dispose of Jonathan's body. What? That is crazy. Yeah, so on August 10th, 2017, Mike's boat, it was called Painkiller. That was what he named his boat. Well, that's pretty fitting if he thinks that killing someone and dumping their body is going to help ease the pain <laughs> of his son dying, which it's not because it doesn't bring him back, but okay. <laughs> For those of you thinking. <laughs> um, so it was searched. The main goal that they searched it was to find evidence of Jonathan. 
they found a bunch of stuff. There's a big, huge, I found the list. It was like, like just a huge typed four or five page list. Uh, but it's not clear if any of it dealt with Jonathan, like the processed results I couldn't find, but it was things like, you know, a strand of hair, um, you know, skin follicle, you know, just skin follicle, just all the stuff that they found on the boat. Yeah. All the things, I don't, all the things, all the things you would find on the boat. Some things that aren't normal to be found on the boat. I'm not going to list <laughs> a lot of things that aren't normal to have on the boat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to list all like hundred and some things they found, uh. um, but you can't find those online. <laughs> so, um, so that was searched and let's see. Okay. So that was searched. No evidence that we know of or that they let the known public was found of Jonathan. Um, in July, on July 8th of 2020, Mike N 11, of his associates, I'm gonna call them associates. Um, I think they were basically his enforcers were arrested on um, racketeering and the police actually called it MISC Enterprise and they referred to it as a racketeering enterprise. So it was the pest company was disguising Misc Enterprise, which was all the illegal activities. And so far, 11 co-defendants have pled guilty. So it was him and 11, and all 11 pled guilty. Um, uh, yes. No, and then two, no, it was, uh, I think it was 20 total. So there were 11 out of them have pled guilty. I pled guilty. Okay. Yes. And there have been charges that he's been um, arrested for stemming just from Jonathan's disappearance. And those are, there's four of them. So he's had 22 charges brought up against him. The ones that come from. Jonathan's disappearance include murder in aid of racketeering, which comes with the sentence of life in prison or the death penalty, conspiracy to commit murder in aid of racketeering, which is a minimum of 10 years, murder for hire conspiracy resulting in death, which is life sentence or uh, death penalty, Kidnapping using a facility of interstate commerce resulting in death. And that is a life sentence or a death penalty. Wow. So, so yeah. he's not getting out of jail. Well, he hasn't had a trial yet. What? Uh, well, talk about that. So they have, they have evidence that an enterprise member, so that's what they're calling them now. Um, one of the enforcers. The mom. I like that. So they, they do have evidence. It makes you sound like you're like a rent-a-car. Like well, what well, an enterprise member. Like I think of enterprise and rent-a-car. I'm thinking of some like yeah. salesman out there trying to like do shady stuff. Oh. Well, great. Now that I'm getting a new car tomorrow, I better like <laughs> spray that luminol stuff on there. You're going to need to. You're going to need to. See if it lights up. <laughs> Um, so an enterprise member, and it was around the same time that he bought that boat, bought a white Toyota Sienna van on Craigslist to, uh, transport Jonathan. Why would you get white? You know, why would you get <laughs> a white van? <laughs> yeah, you're trying to transport, allegedly transport a dead body and like why would you go for light colors <laughs> a white van like there's plenty of cars that have a large trunk space 
like get something less conspicuous like dark blue or black or something to be like incognito i just feel like is this like your first time like what are you doing white okay whatever um so late on the day of the disappearance so july 30th um the associates drove the van to the west side of oahu um which is the area of Honolulu that they this whole thing happened. Parked it under an overpass and lit it on fire. So obviously there was something. That's not obvious whenever you light a car on fire that you're trying to get rid of evidence. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently Mike arranged for someone to uh, get Jonathan's girlfriend away from the apartment so that they could go in and get him. Uh, and it was like in promise of like a spa day. So, See, you know, like, yeah, that was one of the questions I had was if they were all living together where, and I know that you said that his girlfriend had left, but what about where's Caleb's girlfriend and the baby at? Well, so someone that they knew asked Jonathan's girlfriend, Hey, let's go have a spa day. Which, you know, if you're four months pregnant, that probably sounds great. Um, So she leaves. That's why she left. But one of Mike's co-defendants is Caleb's girlfriend. Wait. Not in the the kidnapping. It's more for the business side of things. Mm -hmm. But if she happens. His son dies the girlfriend's there carrying his child. I have all this stuff. Like, why would I not bring her in to make sure that her and my grandbaby are taken care of? Yeah. And it didn't say, I never, it didn't say where she was, but you know, she could have left and left the door unlocked. Yeah. Or, I mean, even if Mike was paying for the apartment, he probably had a key himself. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm mean, well, even if he wasn't paying for the apartment, I guarantee you he could easily find a way to get a key or to have, you know, arrange for that lock to be changed or something. Yeah. So, um So, it's there's a lot of evidence coming out um that and it makes it look pretty obvious that Mike had something to do with Jonathan's disappearance and unfortunately more likely death and it's all coming from people who are making plea deals with the prosecution Mm -hmm. and they are you know just singing like songbirds yeah because what happens in the dark comes to light well but i mean i don't know if it were me would I would I want to snitch on my boss? I don't know. I think it depends on what kind of a plea deal I was getting. Like, am I getting like witness protection? Am I getting where they're going to relocate well, me, change my name? I mean, first, no, they're still going to jail. Oh, well then, no, because I mean, you know, he's got people in prison that are going to take care of them. So and no. he's about to be in prison himself, and he's about to be in there himself. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so. So anyway, that's where we're at. Um, the trial has not happened yet. It keeps getting put off because there's been so much evidence. Um, so it'll be like there'll be a trial date and then like the prosecution will give the defense their evidence that they're going to bring up. And there's so much that the defense then asks for extended time because you know, they're like, we have to have time to look at all of this. So is he and, sitting in a prison cell waiting trial or is he like on house arrest? Um, I think he, you know what? I'm not sure. Um, I was looking at all of the charges and stuff. Uh, and he was going to prison. They had something like, I'm going to look it up right now, though. Because I would think that he would be considered a flight risk, especially having connections having money having you know the painkiller boat i mean well i think that's been taken into evidence or something oh 
although it is considered one of the most complex prosecutions in the country. Oh, um, according to the Honolulu Civil Beat, there are more than 2 million documents. Wow. So, yeah. So this, this has been going on for a while. It's like they can't just... I don't know. At some point, it's like, you have to stop. Oh, and he pled not guilty in 2021. So they have that many documents against him and he pleads not. Well, I guess everyone pleads not guilty in the hopes that something will happen that will get them out of the situation they're in. Yeah, well, I guess a lot of the stuff... um, is recordings from like his associates and the defense is saying well they're just saying that so that they can get a plea deal so they're kind of they're trying to discredit all of those witnesses is like kind of like their strategy, like they're going on the offensive. Well, I feel that sadly, I don't think that they're going to find Jonathan's body, which is heartbreaking because he deserves to have a proper burial and his family deserves actual closure not just the assumptions even though there's a a large amount of evidence that's pointing that way yeah and um one thing the prosecution is worried about is the longer um this goes on like it keeps getting uh pushed back Mm -hmm. that like the public or potential jurors will forget about Jonathan. So that initial like anger or shock about that will fade. So it'll be, because that's kind of like what they're hoping to get as far as prosecution. Because, you know, the racketeering and stuff to the normal person doesn't seem like a big deal. No, you're right. You're right. It's that that human element, that Mm -hmm. human side of it where someone's life was taking um, over what sounds to be like a very tragic accident um, and someone seeking revenge. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. That pulls out your heartstrings, especially as a mom, parent. And you picture like if that happened, if something that tragic happened with your own baby. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I think everything with lawyers tends to be more gameplay, of course. So that makes sense to keep pushing it back in the hopes that people will forget or that the emotions won't be as raw as what they are. Yeah, I'm looking here, and I can't find anything about if he's still in jail. The last thing I found is that he was in a special housing unit. Of a prison? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure, Angie, because you can't, you can't be putting us on here talking about stuff whenever they're out running free. Well. <laughs> <laughs> making sure they're locked up hey. for <laughs> everything. Everything is alleged. Allegedly, and it's all speculation. It's all spec. I did not say whether until proven guilty. I did not say whether I felt he was innocent or guilty. I was just giving you the evidence. Yes. Yes. I have not given my opinion about it. Um, (laughs) But his trial date to which he has pled not guilty on most accounts is set for April 17th, 2023. Wow. That's three years after he was initially arrested and charged. 
Well, and I'm sure COVID has had its fair share in that as well. I think all the court systems are backlogged with COVID and delays from that. Yeah, and they just keep adding more and more evidence. Yeah. Which, again, at some point, you just need to say, okay, we're going to stop because you're going to overwhelm people. You are. And I mean, really, if you're doing things, if you're successful at your job and if you're going after things that carry a life sentence or a death penalty, do you really need all the other small things piling up too? Yeah. You got to just focus on what's most important. Exactly. And um, just uh, for any... Uh, prosecutors in the Denton County area, if you are, if I'm one of the potential jurors in this area and there's a mob boss on trial, do not pick me because I will not go against a mob boss. I'm going to tell you right now. Guess what? I got summons for jury duty on September the 19th. Okay. Well, be careful because if there, if it is a like drug kingpin or a mob boss, I don't care what the evidence says. <laughs> They got people, and I will not. The answer is not guilty. The answer, I don't care, is not guilty unless you can assure me that you're putting me in witness protection somewhere that I want to go because I'm not. Somewhere that I want to go. You just go ahead. You just dismiss me right now. Don't list the places that you want to go. That way people don't go looking for you, though. I know. Just dismiss me from right now. I'm a biased juror. Well, uh, yeah, maybe my maybe my jury duty summons. Maybe that can be our next case. I'll have firsthand evidence or accounts. You know, part of me has always wanted to do like a murder trial where the person is like actually guilty, and I would like get to look at the evidence and like put them behind bars, but not if it's someone who has people. I don't yeah. need any enterprise employees coming after me. <laughs> I just can't. They got to pick a better name. <laughs> I can't with that. That's well, crazy. And not to be, I know, not to be associated with the car rental company enterprise. I've always seen I know. And I've always had a wonderful experience with enterprise, the rental company. Oh. So shout out enterprise car rental. If you want to <laughs> give me. If you want to give me a free rental, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. So, yeah, that's what we got going on. Um, I know we joke and laugh about it, but it is a sad case. Unfortunately, no, I don't, I don't think uh, Jonathan's family is going to get closure. I hate that his, his kiddo won't get to know her father, but, um, hopefully they'll get some justice next year in April, but I am not giving my opinion on this one. Well, it is a sad case. And before we go, just want to say lots of prayers that they find the missing teacher in Memphis. Um, who was kidnapped while she was out jogging. That story has been bothering me because she was also a kindergarten teacher and a mom. And they've arrested the person that the van, the SUV belonged to, but they have not found her. Yeah, that, um, that's one whenever I see come across on my newsfeed that like you has been bothering me. Yeah. I've been following the updates on that. That's extremely, extremely uh, tragic. So hopefully, hopefully that one will turn out well. And she is just, you know, being kept yeah. somewhere. Well, they're just keeping her somewhere. Yeah. So our thoughts and prayers with her and her family. Absol absolutely. Hopefully she will. Um, hopefully she will turn up uh, and be able to return back to her family. And also on that note, anyone who does go out 
by themselves in that situation. If they're going jogging or walking, please be careful, especially women out there. Remember, do not put your headphones in to listen to music. Go ahead and blur that speaker, but you do need to be aware of your surroundings. Turn the location on on your cell phone. And take some pepper spray or mace. Pepper it seems spray. like take a pocket knife. <laughs> something. Keep your keys between your okay. fingers or something. So well, exactly. Chris that, that trying just trying to go out, you know, for some self care can lead to this happening. Yeah, and even that we have to tell our fellow ladies to be careful and and have to take pepper spray out. Yeah. To jog around the college campus. Yeah. So, well, Kristen, thank you so much. Again, I appreciate your insight as always. Thank you, Angie, for finding these amazing cases. (laughs) Um, What state would you like to go to next week? Do not pick New York. No, we were, I think we were going to do Washington. We did Washington. Did we? Oh, D.C. D.C., sorry, sorry. I yeah, think we were yeah, yeah. D.C. after the New York case, but then New York got, it never, it, it never uploaded, so. That's right. Then that never aired. Yeah. It never aired, and that is okay with us because, you know what, a higher power saying shut up, so we did that's right. So we're going to do D.C. And I had to throw this case together real quick. And there were a lot to choose from in D.C. So, yeah. So let's stick with D.C. and see what and see what kind of politicians we can find there. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch <laughs> of, of corrupt politicians in that one. And they're covering up what is it, scandals, all the scandals that take place there. Let's, let's find a good scandal. Find a good scandal. Find a good scandal. Maybe we'll yeah, uh, have a Gary Russell on the show with us. I love. He yeah. Is, he is so good in that show. Yeah. We'll have to uh, look into some of those. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, stay away from the possible murders and just, just look at the scandals. That would be fun for a what, week. And what's being covered up. Yeah, let's just let's maybe I'll go a different route next time and just look at the the cover ups for once. <laughs> what all these white men with money and privilege can get away with? Oh, so much, so much. Uh, that's what our what our country was founded upon. That's right. That's right. White men in privilege. Um, it's not funny. It's comical. It's, it's not funny. It's, Well, it's either you laugh or you cry, right? That's right. All right. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thank you to a great week. Yes. And thank you to our listeners. We appreciate you as always. We wouldn't have a show without you. And we will talk to you next time.